Well, good morning, Living Water. Good to see all of you here uh, this morning. Uh, I have a special prayer request today, and that is that you would pray for Lance. Lance and Shane went to a meeting in Tennessee. They landed there this morning. They are probably in their rental car right now. Now, here's why you need to pray, because if you've ever ridden with Shane here in his own vehicle that he knows all about, and on roads that he knows all about, you know how dangerous that is. And so I cannot imagine how dangerous it is there in a car that's unknown, roads that are unknown, and uh, Lance is in there riding with him uh, this week. So keep him in your prayers. It'll be a good uh, test for Lance. It'll be a good uh, opportunity for him to catch up on his prayer life while he is riding with Shane. So uh, just kidding. They're, they're at a meeting in Tennessee. They're going to have a great time. They'll be back later uh, this week. So in the meantime, you're stuck with me this morning. So if you would, open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I don't know if you've realized it or not, but we are moving quickly right into the uh, Christmas season. Now I have a confession to make as we start this morning. And the confession is this. I hate waiting. Anybody else? I hate waiting. Uh, There's just something about waiting. It drives me crazy. I hate waiting in lines. I hate waiting in traffic. I hate waiting for things to come that I've ordered online. I hate waiting for them uh, to get there. I hate uh, waiting for somebody when I'm ready to go and they're not quite ready to go. I just hate waiting. And I know that I'm not alone in that. There's something about waiting that drives us crazy. I remember as a child, I hated waiting for Christmas to get there. I'd remember when we would go back to school after the Thanksgiving break, and one of the first things that we would do after the Thanksgiving break is we would decorate the room for Christmas. And then we had to wait for several weeks before we got out for that Christmas break. It was miserable having to wait at school, and also during this time, at home, the Christmas decorations were going up, and the presents were being placed under the tree. And I remember I would watch, and every time a new present was added under the tree, I could not wait to look and see whose name was on that gift, hoping that it was mine, because I thought all the gifts should be for me, right? And then we would have to wait for Christmas to open those gifts. Now, in our family, we open up our gifts on uh, Christmas Eve. And so on Christmas Eve day, that was the longest day forever as a child. We had to wait until the adults were ready to open gifts. And they always wanted to go through the day and eat a big meal at night. And then after the meal, we'll all gather around the tree. And then we'll finally, finally be able to open those gifts. It was miserable waiting then we would go to bed at night waiting for Santa to come. And the next morning we'd be able to get up and look under the tree for what I would call the big gift of the year that Santa would bring. And we would get up that early and I could not wait once I got out of bed to run in there and see what that gift was. But waiting up until that point was not always fun. But even though I had to wait... I always enjoyed the surprise of the gift on Christmas. 
I didn't want to know what it was beforehand. Now, we would take the gifts and we would shake them, you know, and try to guess. But I really didn't want to know because I liked the surprise of opening the gift. However, I have an older brother who could not wait like I could to open the gift. He had to know what was inside. So he mastered the art of opening, unwrapping a gift and wrapping it back where no one could ever tell. Now, he would do that for his, but he didn't just stop with his. He got to where he was doing it with mine. And when he would figure out what my gifts were, he could not wait to tell me and ruin the surprise. And then on Christmas morning, if he were to get up before I did, he would run in and he would see what the big Santa gift was. And he could not wait to come in there and wake me up and ruin my surprise by telling me before I even got out of bed what I got. But waiting is difficult. Waiting is hard. One th- waiting is, is not a fun thing to do. But the reality is, in life, we have to wait. Life is about waiting, right? We have to wait for different things in life. So uh, when we're growing up, we have to wait till we're 16 to get our driver's license to start driving. Or we have to wait uh, till we're adults to get married, which is a good thing. But we wait. And then we wait for our children to be born. And we, we wait till we can get to retirement. We wait for the doctor's reports. We wait for the results of whatever test we've had to take. We wait for that promotion at our job. Life is about waiting. And yet, if you're like me, you hate to wait. As we move into this Christmas season and we think about uh, the things that are coming, I, I wonder today, is there something that you are waiting on? Is there something that you're waiting on this Christmas? Something that maybe you've been praying to God about that you're waiting for an answer on? That you're expecting God to do something and you're in that waiting season. Is there something that you are waiting for today? And I'm not talking about the Amazon package to arrive. I'm talking about is there something that you're needing God to do in your life and you're in a waiting season right now. And for some, you may not be in that waiting season with God right now, but that time will come because we have those times in our life when we're waiting on God to show up and to answer. So as we move into this Christmas season, I want us to take a look back at the uh, Christmas story. The Christmas story is the greatest story that's ever been told. And it's the greatest story that continues to be told today. It is the story of how God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son. It is the birth of Christ. It is God coming into the world. And it's going to change the world forever. It is the greatest story ever told. And if we're going to look at the greatest story ever told, the best place to turn to is to Luke chapter 1. So Luke chapter 1 is where we're going to be uh, reading at this morning. And today I want us to look at a couple of characters in the Christmas story that were in a season of waiting. Now these are not characters that we see in the nativity scene. They are not ones that we normally think of when we think of the Christmas story. But they are folks that play a significant role in the greatest story that's ever been told. So in Luke chapter 1, look with me beginning in verse 5. 
He says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? Am I an old man now? And my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your word. God, I pray that right now your word uh, would just speak to our hearts. That, God, you would use this time to show each one of us what you would have us to see through this wonderful story. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Now, if you're going to tell the greatest story that's ever been told, where do you usually start? I know when we think of the Christmas story, most of the time we think back to when the angel showed up to Mary and informed Mary that she was going to give birth to God's Son, Jesus Christ. And that is a great place to start. But in Luke, he begins even earlier, and he begins with this man named Herod. Now, Herod was the leader in that day. It is Herod the Great. You've probably heard of him. And Herod the Great was a ruthless ruler. Now we know Herod the Great was a great builder. He built many great things. But he was also a horrible leader towards other people. And he would go after anyone who stood up against him. Anyone who would rise up against him, he would take them out. He would have them killed. And he would do that even with members of his own family. Now why would Luke go back and start with Herod when it comes up time to tell the greatest story that's ever been told? 
Well, I think he did this for a couple of reasons. One is because he wanted to remind the people of how dark that day was in the world when Herod was ruler. And by the way, uh, there were other ruthless rulers before him. So the, the people had been living with this for a while, but it was a very dark and depressing time with Herod as ruler. But I believe that there's also another reason why he goes here, and it's to remind the people that this was during a season when God was silent. If you go back to the Old Testament, the last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. And in, in that book, that's the last time that God speaks. And there is now a 400-year silent period. The Israelites have continued over and over in their life to turn from God, to walk away from God. Over the years, there had been many prophets that were pleading with them, turn back to God. And they might turn back to God for a short time, but they were quickly back to doing things their own way. And so it gets to a point where God's like, you're not going to hear from me. You're not listening to the prophets. You're not listening to what I have to say. So nothing is going to be said. And it starts this 400 years of silence. And that's where we're at in this picture. 400 years and a ruthless ruler. Can you imagine what that would be like? Can you imagine not being able to hear from God? I want us to think about that just in our own life. Now, I'm pretty sure there's no one here that's 400 years old. But... In our own life, in the short period that we have lived, can you imagine what it would be like for us to never hear a word from God? That God is just silent. God is not speaking at all. And that is where we're at in the story. And then Zechariah and Elizabeth come on the scene. Zechariah and Elizabeth enter into this wonderful story. And what we know about these two is that they come from a long line of priests on both sides of their family. So they have heard, they know the stories of when God was speaking before, when God would speak through the prophets, when God would show up in miraculous ways and the people would see what God is doing. They've heard those stories, but they've never experienced this in their life. And they come from this long line of priests, and Zechariah is a priest today in this story and they live in this dark period of time and yet what scripture tells us here is that they were righteous they were godly people even though they were living in a dark period in their life even though they have never personally heard from God they still trusted God in their life and they lived a godly and righteous life think about how difficult that would be when you don't hear from God God is silent all you know are the past stories about God, and yet you remain faithful to Him, you live an obedient life to Him, and you are looked at as righteous before Him. And yet, they had a problem. And the problem that they had is that Elizabeth couldn't conceive. They had longed for a child. They had prayed for a child for all those years, and God was silent, and God had not given them a baby. Can you picture this, that they're praying, they're asking God for an answer, and it probably felt like their prayers are not getting past the ceiling. Has that ever happened to anybody? Have you ever felt that way? Like, God, where are you? God, do you hear our cry? God, do you hear our plea? God, can you not hear what we're saying? Do you not love us? Do you not care for us? And yet these two continued to remain faithful, and they continued to pray. 
Now, Luke records here that Zechariah's division was on duty. That was the division of priests that he was part of. And the division was one of 24 groups of priests that were drawn up back in David's time. And it is estimated at this time that there were somewhere between 18,000 and 20,000 priests. Now, that's a lot of priests. And the priests would take turns working for a week at the sanctuary. They would come in twice a year, two times a year, and work for a week each time doing the work that God had called them to do. And this was Zechariah's week. So Zechariah shows up. He's, he's ready to serve. He's ready to do the work that uh, he is called to do. And they also did something in that day, and that was that a priest would be chosen by a drawing or by lot each day to go into the sanctuary and to light the incense. Now the incense was lit uh, and it would, uh, smoke would rise up and it would let all the people on the outside know that the prayers for the people are being lifted up and the people outside would kneel down and they would pray during that time while the priest was inside praying for the people as well. Now this is a special thing to be chosen to go in. Now with almost 20,000 priests, you can imagine how hard it would be for that lot to fall on you. But that day, Zechariah, that lot fell on him. And so he was the one to have this special honor to go in and to lift up the prayers for the people, to light the incense. And so it was a very special time. And while Zechariah was in serving, Zechariah has been praying for years. And while Zechariah is inside serving and he is inside praying, something miraculous takes place. And an angel of the Lord shows up. And I love this story. It says when the, when the angel of the, the Lord shows up, that Zechariah was afraid, that he had uh, great fear in him. And I think that is an understatement for what happened that day with Zechariah. I would have been terrified. Matter of fact, I probably would have peed my pants. I mean, I'm just saying, make sure you're awake. It would have been horrible. I mean, I would have been sitting there going, what in the world? And Zechariah is in there with this angel. This miracle has taken place. It says he was shaken and he is overwhelmed with fear. This old man who has lived his life only hearing about God speaking in the past is now being spoken to by an angel, a messenger of the Lord that has come to him. Now, I don't know what kind of prayer uh, that he was praying in the temple that day. It was probably the same prayer of all the priests when they would go in. And they were probably praying a, a prayer like, God, we have not heard from you in years. God, would you send us a message? God, would you send us a messenger? God, would you speak to us? We need to hear from you. They haven't heard anything for 400 years. God, speak to us. And as he is saying that prayer, an angel of the Lord shows up. And just like that, 400 years of silence is over. Things are changing. God is moving. Great things are getting ready to happen. And Zechariah is now a part of that story. What an incredible thing. 
And I, I can see this, that uh, the people are outside. They see the incense rising and they know that Zechariah is lifting up prayers and they get outside and they start to pray and they're praying until Zechariah comes out and then he would give a blessing over the people and then they would all go about their way. And, but Zechariah is not coming out. I don't know how long this took in there, but I guarantee you it took a little while. It wasn't something that was quick. And as Zechariah is in there praying, the people are watching. You can see some of them down on their knees are still praying, but they're peeking. You know, going, is he coming out? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, here comes Zechariah. And Zechariah walks out, and he's pale because he's just had an incredible encounter that scared the heebie-jeebies out of him. And he is walking out to the people, and now they're waiting on the blessing, but he is unable to speak. Why is he unable to speak? Because when the angel's telling him, hey, God has heard your prayer and you're going to be a dad, Zechariah doubted. And when he doubted, Gabriel said, because you doubt, you're not going to be able to speak till that child is born. So Zechariah comes out and here's the people looking. They got to know that something has happened. But Zechariah cannot tell them what happened. And then Zechariah is probably walking through the crowd. You can hear Zach, what's going on? What happened in there? Tell us the story. And he's not able to speak. But God has shown up. And the story now is beginning to change. What was once silent is now becoming silent no longer. And by the way, this is not the first time that we see an angel speaking through the Christmas story, right? There are going to be several other times. But this was the beginning. This is the start of it. That God is showing up and God is doing some great things. Now, this is a great story. But how is it connected to the Christmas story? And how does this apply to my life today? Well, there are a couple of observations that I would like for us to consider this morning. A couple things that I think really just kind of, they jump out at me in this story. And the first thing is this, when you're in a waiting season of life, know this, prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. And I know that as we pray, sometimes we forget how powerful prayer is. But prayer is powerful. Notice again that Gabriel appears and he says these words, God has heard your prayers. God has listened to you. He has heard your prayer. Now again, keep in mind that Zachariah and Elizabeth are old at this time. We're not sure exactly how old they were, but Zechariah says in verse 18 that, how's this going to happen? I am old. Now, Zechariah is obviously a very wise man. We see this in this picture because he says, I am old, but my wife has aged. See, he never said she was old, right? I mean, that would have got him in big trouble, right? He says, she is aged. I'm old. She is aged. But again, we don't know how old they were, but we're assuming that they are well beyond their childbearing years. And the angel shows up and says, God has been listening. God has been hearing your prayers. And your prayers are being answered. And in the waiting seasons of life, it is easy for us to feel like God is not listening. God, where are you? God, do you even care about me? God, do you even know the situation I'm in? God, can you hear my prayers? I don't feel like you're listening. And we can get very discouraged. I wonder if there were times in Zachariah and Elizabeth's life where they were just discouraged because they didn't feel like God was listening. 
Think about this. God could have brought John into the world in any way that he wanted to. But it pleased God to bless this faithful couple who have been praying for so long. Listen, your prayers are powerful and God is listening. God hears the prayer and he tells them that you will have joy and you will have gladness. God heard their prayers that they had been praying and he said, I'm answering and not only am I going to answer your prayer, but now there's going to be joy and gladness in your life. There's going to be joy and gladness because I am listening. I've been hearing your prayer. Peter 3.12 says, But the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayer. In Luke 18.1, Jesus told the disciples, He said, Keep praying. Don't give up. Keep on. In James 5.16, we're told that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I wonder if you realize today just how powerful prayer is. And in our Christian walk, when we understand how powerful prayer is, I mean, we're able to communicate with the God of all gods, the God that is the creator of all things. We are able to communicate directly with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, when we pray. And He hears our prayers, and those prayers are powerful. We need to be reminded of that in our life. The angel told Zechariah, the Lord has heard your prayer. Listen, if you belong to the Lord, if you are seeking to please Him, if you are wanting to honor Him with your life like Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing, you can rest assured that He is hearing your prayers. Now you keep in mind that when we pray to God, we say that there's three answers. That there's yes, no, and not right now. And in this prayer of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the answer was not no. I'm sure they felt like that many different times in their life, that the answer is no. But the answer was not no. The answer was not right now. God was listening. God was hearing. But God said, just wait. So when you don't feel like praying, go ahead and pray. When you think that the situation is hopeless, pray. When you Think that everything in your life is going great. Pray. Prayer is powerful. And even when you think that God is not listening, know this, that God is for you. He's not against you. He is listening and He hears your prayers. And your prayers are powerful. Just like theirs was. Their prayer was powerful. And their prayer was being heard by God. Then the second thing that we see through this story is that God's timing is always perfect. His timing is always perfect. We see this in the story that at the moment Zechariah is told that his prayers are being answered, Zechariah doesn't think God's timing is perfect, right? Zechariah says, I'm old. Wait, I didn't think you were going to really answer that prayer now. I mean, that should have happened 20 or 30 years ago, right? When he was young, when, when he was ready to raise children. I have figured this out in my life, uh, that the older I get, that the less patience that I have with kids. Um, we have grandkids now. I love my grandkids. But sometimes I realize my patience is not what it used to be because I'm old now, right? And I'm not as young as I once was. And, and so there's just something. So he's sitting there going, why now? This can't be right. I know we've been praying for this, but 
but I am old. I'm too old for kids now. Go ahead and give me the grandkids. I'm too old for kids. And Gabriel is standing there. He says, how can this be? Well, Gabriel was not amused by that question. And Gabriel says, listen, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And God has sent me here to give you this message. You've been praying for this. I'm an angel of the Lord standing here. And you are questioning what God is saying? How can you do that? And i got to admit, while I was reading through this, I was kind of thinking some thoughts about Zechariah. How can you do that? you got an angel of the Lord that's standing there. And you're going to question God? He's telling you what you've been praying for. And here's the answer. But then I thought of my own life. How many times do I do that? When I've been praying and God shows me an answer, and I'm like, is that really what you want to do? And we question And sometimes we can even doubt what God is doing. But know this, God's timing is perfect. And God's timing in this situation was perfect. Keep in mind that during this time, if a Jewish wife remained childless, this was considered a disgrace to her and somewhat thought to be due to her sinfulness in her life. And I'm sure that people were watching them as they'd walk through the community. There was probably whispers going on of God is punishing her. She's got some kind of past sin in her life. What do you think that it is? And they could probably hear the people talking about them and wondering why God had closed her womb. But listen, that was not the case. God was just waiting for the perfect time. And sometimes God waits to answer our prayers because it's not the right time for what he has planned. Just think about what God had in mind for Zachariah and Elizabeth. He wasn't only going to answer their prayer. He was going to give them a son who would be a delight to their life and bring them joy. God was going to use this son in a supernatural way. Their son is John the Baptist. You've heard the stories of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He was one that went out into the wilderness preaching. And it says here that uh, when he's preaching, he will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. What a great job that John the Baptist has in front of him. God was going to do something great through their son. Something bigger than what they ever thought or dreamed. I know that uh, as parents, we have big dreams for our children. And I know that even when our children are in the womb before they get born, we start having these dreams and these visions of what our children are going to grow up to be. And I'm sure the same was for Zachariah and Elizabeth. And they thought they would have a son one day that would do great things. But I don't think they ever dreamed what God was wanting to do through their child, through their son. And this angel shows up and says, you're going to have a child. And this is what your child is going to do. He is going to be great. He's going to be full of the Spirit of God. Even before he's born, he's going to be full of the Spirit of God. And God is going to use him to do great things. But listen, while they were waiting, God was working. I think we need to be reminded of that because even when we feel like our prayers aren't being answered, we can trust that even in our waiting, God is at work. He never stops working. He is working and He has great plans, even bigger plans than what we can imagine or dream. 
And God is working in His time, not ours. And His timing is always perfect. Now, I know that uh, we live in, in the microwave generation and uh, we want everything right now, right? Uh, we want answers to something, we can get on our phone and uh, through that little thing called Google or whatever. Uh, we can find answers in seconds to any question that we have. And sometimes we expect God to answer us the same way that Google answers us, and that is very quickly. We want Him to give us the answer now. We don't like waiting. And God sometimes makes us wait for different reasons. Sometimes He's growing us in the waiting process, but sometimes it's just that it's not in His time right now. The answer is yes, but not yet. The time is coming. Now, if you're like me, it's like, okay, God, send me a message. So God sends Zechariah a message, and an angel of the Lord stood up, and he had great fear. I can't imagine what we would do if God really sent us a message like that. But we want to hear from God. We want it now in our time, in our moment right now. And, and sometimes we want to help God get that answer to us quickly, right? Like, okay, God, you're silent, so that means i got to step in. i got to do my thing. You need my help. You're obviously busy taking care of other things, so I'll step in and help. And we step out ahead of God before it's His time. But His time is always perfect. His time is always right. God is never early. God is never late. God is always right on time. And sometimes we have to wait. And then the third thing is this. Never underestimate what God can do. Now when Zechariah found out that his prayer was being answered, again he questioned Gabriel. Gabriel's not amused. He said, you're going to be silent for nine months till this child is born. And uh, I think that was an extra added uh, answered prayer to Elizabeth. That your husband can't talk for nine months. I don't know. Uh, but... But God is showing up, and God is doing great things. And Zechariah and Elizabeth had underestimated what God could do. They were just praying for a child. God, just give us a child. God says, I'm not just going to give you a child, but your child is going to be the forerunner of Christ. Your child is going to call people to repentance. Your child is going to point to the Savior of the world so that people will be drawn to Him. That's what your child is going to do. You had these dreams for your child, but I've got this dream for your child, and He's going to do much greater things. We underestimate God so many times in our life. How many of you have had a time in your life you were praying for something, and when God came through, it it was so much bigger and better than what you ever imagined. Anybody? That's the way God works. So sometimes in the waiting, it's good for us to remember, God's at work. God's going to answer. God is doing great things. And it's going to be much greater than what I ever dreamed of or planned of. But before we're hard on Zechariah, we need to remember how many times we doubt that God can come through in our lives in that big of a way. We pray for God to show up in a big way, but we really don't expect God to show up in a big way. But notice that God answered the prayer in a bigger way than this couple ever dreamed. Listen, I don't know exactly what their thoughts were of a child, if it would just be somebody that would come and carry on the family name, that would maybe continue on in the uh, priesthood, continue on doing stuff like that. But God had a much bigger plan. Don't underestimate what God can and will do in your life. A couple of things that I want to give us 
What, what can we leave with? How can we apply this to our life? What is something that I can take away with this? Well, I'll give you three, four quick things here that, that we can use to apply to our life. When we're in a waiting season of life, while waiting, always remain faithful. Again, I go back to what it says about these two, that they were faithful, they were righteous, they were godly. They continued to follow God in their life. God who had not spoken for 400 years, yet they trusted Him, they continued to follow Him. So in the waiting seasons of life, remain faithful. It may feel like you want to give up at times. It may think that why do I continue on when God's not speaking? I can't hear from Him. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. And the second thing is this. While remaining faithful, keep on praying. Again, God hears your prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Keep on praying. You may not feel like praying. Keep on praying. I think it's at the times when we don't feel like praying that we need to be praying the most, right? We need to be reaching out, calling out. Remain faithful and keep on praying. And then the third thing is this while waiting. Keep on serving. Keep on serving. I think it would have been easy for Zechariah to say, uh, why do I need to go to the sanctuary? Why do we need to lift up prayers? God's not listening. God is silent. I just want to stay home today. I don't need to serve today. I don't need to fulfill my calling that God has on my life. I don't need to do that today. I just don't feel like it today. Anybody ever felt like you didn't want to get up? You didn't want to serve that day? Again, just like praying, I think that's the day that we get up and we serve even harder. We serve even more. Not that our service earns favor with God, but our service brings about joy. And it was in the serving of Zechariah. It was while he was serving God that the angel of the Lord showed up with the answer to his prayers. It was while he was continuing on, even when he may not have felt like continuing on, God answered. So remain faithful, keep on praying, and keep on serving. And the biggest thing is this, always keep your heart open to what God wants to do. Keep your heart open for what God wants to do. I believe God is still up to great things, don't you? I think He's still doing even bigger things than what we see sometimes. And I think sometimes we can miss out on that in our life because our heart is not open to what God is doing, the work that He is doing. Open up our hearts. As we go through this Christmas season, I pray that each one of us would be so open and tuned in with God that we would not miss any opportunity that we have with Him. Some of that opportunity may just be simply sharing this wonderful Christmas story that a world desperately needs to hear. It may just be reminding those around us of the wonderful love of God. But keep our hearts open. And that open heart begins with trusting Him as your Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that, would you open up your heart this Christmas season to Him? Recognize what He has done for you and give Him your life. That's where it begins. But sometimes, even as followers of Christ, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to kind of go our own way. Think back to the Israelites when uh, the prophets were telling them, turn back to God, turn back to God, and they continued in their own way. Sometimes that's very easy for us to do. Let our hearts be soft 
to God and say, God, whatever you want, whatever you want to do, I am open. Speak to me and use me and see what God will do. And do not underestimate what he may do in you and through you. Let's pray together. If you bow your head and close your eyes today, and I just want you to think about the wonderful Christmas story of how God gave us his son. While we did not deserve it, God gave us his son. Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you opened up your heart to him? If you've never done that, that is the greatest decision that you can ever make. Would you let God speak to you? And if he's drawing you unto himself, would you just say yes to him today and allow him to be the Lord and Savior of your life? As followers of Christ, are we being open to what he wants to say to us, what he wants to do in us, and what he wants to do through us? Today, ask him to soften your heart. Maybe in areas you didn't even realize that your heart's become hard. And let him just do a work inside of you. And if there's something you've been waiting on, something you've been praying about, and you're waiting on him, let your heart be soft to the answer that he may be ready to show you. Father, I thank you today for your wonderful love for us. Thank you for your word. And God, I know that your word uh, will accomplish what you have set forth for it to accomplish. So I pray that right now, each one of us would just be still in you. And that, God, we would have a soft heart towards you. And, God, we would have the attitude that says, whatever you want to do, I am open to that. God, I pray for anyone here that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that right now you would just speak to their heart and they would say yes to you. God, there may be other things that you're doing in our lives, and we need to say yes, Lord. Whatever it is that you want to do, help us to say yes. God, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen.